are listening to the We're Talking Drums podcast with your hosts, Derek Doucet and Corey Hoffey. Hi, everybody. I'm Derek Doucet. I'm sitting here uh, with Corey Hoffing, and today we're talking drums. That's right. Welcome to episode one. It was good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you did great, buddy. Episode one. Episode one, take four. (laughs) Is that what it is? Yeah, this would be take four. We've tried to do this several times, but you know what? I'm glad that it's working out finally. You know, how how are you doing uh, today, my friend? I'm good, man. It's been a good week and, um, you know, just uh, doing my thing. I haven't actually gotten to play a lot this week, but when I did play, uh, it felt pretty good. So, you know. I yeah, feel good you, about that. <laughs> you managed to squeeze in a, a band rehearsal this week with your busy schedule? Yeah. Yeah, we did. Um, we're still in the writing process, and it was just uh, it's just lately. Lately, I feel like something with my feet has been clicking lately, and uh, I'm just, whenever I'm, I'm playing stuff, I'm having an easier time with things that used to give me a really hard time. So, you know how you like... Well, I'm having the happen? opposite. I... Uh... I sat down yesterday to play and and was like, okay, let's uh, let's start it out at 200. I was like, nope. All right, let's back it up 180. All right, it was a little tough to get through, but a couple hours of just consistent practice, and I was I was back up there. But it's a little discouraging when you you sit down, and you're so stoked to play, and then your your feet are just all over the place. Oh yeah, I um. I never start fast. Like whenever we play at band practice or anything like that, it's always like uh, one forty, like something slow and hold it for a bit. Because if my feet, it seems like if my ankles can play those slow tempos for a good amount of time, then they just seem to function properly. But um, I have really bad technique for my faster stuff. It is getting better, but um, we kind of talked about this in one of our previous takes. Um, you know, getting in a lot of new people will try to get speed by kind of tensing up and um i was bad for that so you know i would lift my heels and i would tense up a lot and i would you know my kicks would slowly kind of flutter in and then they would settle into the the tempo and i find whenever we jump into that stuff too quickly at band practice it kind of like makes my muscles just not work properly and then everything sucks so absolutely if i can yeah so like if i can uh if I can play those slower tempos and really make use of my ankles um, for a little bit, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, everything feels better, and my my fast stuff is easier to play, and because I'm doing it properly and I'm not tensing, and everything is kind of loose and wiggly. <laughs> wiggly, yeah, I <laughs> did. I'm, I'm the same way. I went years. Uh, it's just like, all right, go as fast as you can, and then I'd be on stage, and maybe it wasn't proper warm ups or whatever and then my calf muscles would just tense up like crazy and uh so i had to i had to find a a new way to play and that's when i discovered the swivel technique and i haven't gone back really i just naturally do swivel now once i get up to a certain tempo and you know that's how i keep things locked in and that's a technique you could rename the wiggle technique 
The wiggle, yeah. yeah. What do you What do you think? Well, uh, you're a wiggler, dude. <laughs> I, when you look at guys who are going like 280 and doing the swivel, it's just like, what? How are you even keeping time that way? Like, it makes no sense. They're literally just like wiggling their feet back and forth, but it's so tight. Like, I, I, yeah, it's crazy. Like 260 is like is like pushing my limits uh, for keeping things consistent. But, you know. Oh, man, yeah, I'm not there. Although, um, we just started uh, writing a song, and it turns out it's it's got a long run. And so um, our guitar player, Rob, actually brought a song. And normally the way our songwriting works is Devin um, does, uh, he'll have like a rough skeleton of like a couple of ideas, a few riffs strung together, he'll take it in. Uh, and then we'll all kind of pick at it and refine the structure and stuff but this time for the first time rob actually took one in and it's really cool and it had this part that as soon as i heard it i'm like oh yeah this would be really cool for just like a really slow kind of like feeling like a halftime snare something really slow but i want to flood the thing with double bass and then it turns out it's like 240 (laughs) and it's just like to get that nice and tight it's really exposed too because my snare is just like really really slow Oh yeah, that'll um, sound crushing, but, though, man. Oh yeah, yeah, it's devastating. Um, so I'm yeah. pretty excited. Um, anyway, so my kind of surprise is uh, for you is I have a suggestion for today's episode. So our Ooh. first three attempts, we talked about bass drum pedals, bass drum technique, and stuff like that, which I'm sure everybody would like to hear about. However, I don't know about you, but we've talked that to death. And I think if we talk about it again, we're just going to be trying to remember everything we covered last time. So I I was actually just going through my head and like, okay, what did we talk about the last time? (laughs) (laughs) I think we should talk about something that we briefly touched on last time, and that is, I'm going to call this one, and add some echo in my voice whenever I say this, on-stage disasters. I think we should talk about times that our gear has failed us, um... It sounded bad. It was just a crappy experience on stage because I think we everybody has that, and uh, I think that it'll be fun to talk about that. Absolutely, man. Um, well, dude, the countless numbers of times that like my hardware has just fucked off and like symbols start tilting or like like my heart. Some of my hardware is pretty old, so it's kind of falling apart. Um, and, and like, just like ride symbols falling over and like, dude, there's been countless things gone wrong. One time, um, shit, I can't remember exactly what the show was, but my floor Tom, I think we were kit sharing, uh, and I didn't, that's the worst. I know. I know. I don't remember if it was my kit or someone else's, but. Partway through, I think, the first song, and I want to say it was at, like, the Opera House or something, too. So, it was it was a decent-sized show, um, and my floor tom, one of the pegs um, loosened off, and it fell right into me. So, it was right up against <laughs> my leg, and I'm trying to do, like, you know double kick at 200 for like three minutes straight and i have this floor tom bouncing off my leg and man dude that that was the worst and then in between songs 
I have literally maybe three seconds before the next song kicks in just on my click track. So I was like mm-hmm. struggling. I was like, can I get it up and tighten it? And I couldn't. And it fell back into me and I had to play the second song like that too. Man, that was not the worst, but like that did sucks. not make for a good start of the set. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh that's especially at the start of your set. Cause that just kills your energy. Like, that's hard to recover from. Something like that throwing you off so much right at the beginning. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've had things like that happen where, you know, uh, my pedal sliding, for example. Um, I had um, my uh, my trick dominators um, and the ones that you gave me. And mm-hmm. uh, I typically use them on both bass drums. And um, I had some Velcro on the bottom of them. Um but I had them on specific carpet. And uh, for anyone who's been playing for a while, your carpet is very important because Velcro doesn't stick to everything. So I no, didn't even think not. of it. And I ended up, I didn't have a carpet with me. And this is the show where I decided, like, I'm never playing a show without my own carpet again. Um, because we were all ready to go. And I did some, I was warmed up. I was feeling good. I was excited. Our very first song, and we were playing and doing kind of what you said, like, it was literally one song right into another one out of the gate. So we started the set and immediately, as soon as I started playing hard, my left pedal just slipped completely out of reach uh, because the Velcro wasn't sticking to the carpet. Yeah. And um, I just kept messing with it. And then, so we played that and I was like, okay, this sucks. And I was trying to get my brother's attention. He's the, uh, for anyone listening, he's also the vocalist. And he didn't look back. He, he just because he knew that we were going into the next song. So it's, this was next. This well, this next one's called "Wings of Death." And he like yelled it out like we were about to go into. It. I'm like, shit. So I just got to count in and keep going. <laughs> and um, so I had to play two songs poorly. I could not like without pretty much without double bass. I had a single kick, and that was so hard. Probably sounded like garbage. And eventually, I had to just after the next song, I said, "Give me one second. And I have uh, I always have a small little roll of duct tape in my trigger box yep. i actually yeah. rolled it up into like a um anyone who has a dog knows of those little rolls that your poop bags come on i just covered i filled like one of those with a whole bunch of duct tape so it's not very big but it fits in nicely and it's quite a bit so i made a couple of loops of that and i stuck it at the bottom of my pedal and i pretty much taped it to the carpet um and that made it like stay put enough for the rest of our set yeah so now a-, a solution to that if anyone struggling is just carry a 20 25 pound weight and put it in front of the pedal oh don't do weights though i don't like weights i hate those get velcro and get a good carpet just use like, use two kick drums really like that's that's what it comes yeah down that's to. true i mean <laughs> you know that's why carry a 22 pound weight whenever you can carry a second bass drum yeah you can carry a 40 pound kick drum whatever you know, and make sure that you yeah. stuff it full of blankets, you know, ways around it. Um, you can also get some cool little things. I think it's a pearl or somebody makes things. You just pretty much clip it onto the bass drum and it's just like, like, yeah, it's just spikes. Yeah. Onto the, uh, the front of your pedal and there's big spikes that go in, especially the dominators don't have anything like that. Most, mm-hmm. a, a lot of other pedals I've played do have. Uh, spikes. I know, like the uh, DW nine thousand has that. Uh, I never had an issue with it sliding when I when I had those pedals. Um, yeah, 
But yeah, the, the, the Dominators, that is one very small downfall of them. And I would suggest getting some Velcro or just using two bass drums and yeah. away you go. The um the the Velcro thing, to be honest, like if you have the right carpet, it makes it a non issue. Um it's just that you gotta make sure that you have the kind of carpet that it can stick to. Um like office carpet works really, really well. Um mm-hmm. I have an actual minor drum rug, which also works pretty well. Um but again, the, yeah, the two bass drums makes it no more of an issue. Uh, but anyway, yes, jumping back. That's my uh, one of my my uh, stage disasters. Well, what else you got? My all right, my my probably biggest biggest one that um, was one hundred percent my fault and was a uh, technological error, if that's a word. <laughs> Um, technological technological error um when we were on tour uh in europe i believe we are in paris france and my in-ears weren't working properly they were um my they were like cutting out the night before and stupid me i forgot to test them properly and I just, um, I went up on stage and nothing worked. And we played our whole set to a click. So I ended up talking to the, the sound guy, Nico, amazing guy. Uh, and I got like the rig from the band before us, Trolltogan, their mixer. Like literally my whole rig died as soon as I stepped on stage. The only thing that worked was the iPad. Um, so literally, I got everything. I got it all hooked up, and Nico's like, "Dude, like we gotta go now." And I'm like, "Okay, I think everything's good." And I hit play. I'm hearing the intro in my ears, and I'm like, "Okay, everything's good. Everything's awesome." Guys are like, side stage waiting for everything to come on. Uh, little do I know, it is silent out front. They are getting nothing. No. And all of a sudden. Uh, I count into the song and uh, my guitar player comes out and I was just like, dude, no. Like, this isn't right. And then no, the other no. guitar player comes out and does a little, like, whittly dee. And they had the click going to front of house instead of me. <laughs> so I, I had the click running to front of house, so all they hear was beep, boop, 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 beep, boop, 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 and me counting. <laughs> and then I was like, what the fuck is going on here, man? Like, oh my god! And this this was a sold out show in Paris. They probably oversold the venue by like a hundred tickets. It was slammed, hottest show I've ever played. It was crazy. And then eventually, I was just like, I shut I shut it off, and I just counted in, and we played the set. Uh, I switched it before we got to I think the third song. Um, and, but like we played. Or no, that that first two songs I would have played without a click, which is super weird as well. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. like uh, that was the worst. But funny enough, we still had like ten to twelve crowd surfers and like hopping up on stage and like that show was insane. Even with that massive fuck up, you know. Yeah. But 
that's the I one think, thing too, like how you i think like the way you you handle that like for the longest time i you always hear people say like oh if you mess up on stage don't let anyone know but like something like that if you pretend to not know i think it looks better if you just go like oh god sorry everyone let's do this again and then go like i've seen even like bands like gojira do that and they just say oops sorry and then keep going like yeah, like um, we we did our best to not let anyone really know, um, but I think it was pretty fucking clear when they the click track was coming through the front of house that <laughs> yeah, something that's pretty, was not right. Obvious. You know, <laughs> that's a nightmare for me because my click tracks I use are full of vocal cues, and a lot of them are just like um, this is back whenever Devin and I, or like whenever I used to drink. And um, Devin and I recorded... Uh, so when we were writing our songs, I used to make a, a custom click track that would have some cues in it mm-hmm. to let me know, like, oh, this weird part's coming up, or this is a really odd time thing, so I'd actually just count it out loud so that I could uh, follow along a bit better. And there was one song in particular. It's like a 10-minute song. We were drinking, and I guess we just... Drinking hit us during the recording of those vocal cues. So as the song progresses, we just get, like really stupid and silly and start singing along fake synth parts and burping into the mic and just like (laughs) making jokes and stuff and i'll be like you do a great Derek, keep going and that'd be horrible to have those play through this pa for everybody (laughs) that would be hilarious man oh my god (laughs) uh so you you actually have that all in your in-ears still Mm -hmm. yeah i never bother changing it because i'm just kind of used to it now um, I don't really make such elaborate clicks anymore. It's a lot of work, and um, I just haven't really needed to for any of our our uh, newer songs. Um, not to say that they're not complicated, but it's just we, we drill them so much now that I think I'm just better at playing. Um, but uh, yeah, man i i've uh, I've always thought that was a really cool concept. Um, I know Alex Rudinger talked about that as well. One thing he actually does too is he changes his clicks depending on like his kick drum pattern and stuff. So if he's going to a triplet, um, triplet on the kicks, he will change his click track to all triplets so that he can like mm. really line up his kicks with his click. Um, so that I thought that was very interesting because I've always been like a most of the stuff is in 4-4 anyways, but even if it's 7-8, like, it's just, I want quarter notes, that's it, you know, accents on the one, yeah, and that that's all I want is just quarter notes, whatever time signature it's in, but, yeah, um, in, in the studio, they tried to get me to play the eighth notes, and I absolutely hated it, but it was just distracting to me, but. Yeah, that's interesting, I didn't know he did that, and, um. We have a new song. Uh, it's actually our song Cauterize, which we did a live video of. And at the beginning, or kind of after the intro, there's um, a section. It's in, I think, 6-8. And it's like... And it's essentially like a kick-snare kind of beat in 6. Um, similar to like kind of stuff that you'd hear like at the gates do. And so, um, but then it switches to a blast, like a traditional blast. And there's a bell accent on... Six, so one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six, and it's pretty quick. And I've always had trouble because, like, my click was just going in like, 
like eighth notes. It was really, really hard for me to lock it up. So I made my own, and I, and I did exactly that. I changed it to, uh, I changed the actual click, so it's going like, beep, 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 beep. It's a little abrasive on the ears to listen to, but uh, as soon as I did that, the first time we played through it, even like all the other guys were like, "Whoa, wow, that was really tight." And I was like, "Oh, cool, yeah, it was like way easier to play those parts." Yeah, man, it's all about customizing your click track to work to you being comfortable whether it's on setting yourself up for success yeah whether it's on stage in the studio in the jam space or in your own basement like it's yeah have being comfortable with your click tracks is key totally so uh that brings me to a an on-stage disaster kind of uh kind of involving my click we were playing armstrong metal fest on our tour out in uh armstrong bc and uh, that is BC, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, our chunks are BC. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we ended up getting, a, like, we were, like, I guess second headliner. Um, we were playing right before Necrogoblicon, end of the night. Huge crowd. Um, everybody was into it. It was actually really cool. There's people out there that we had no idea who they were, and, like, they were singing along word to word with some of our songs, which was really cool. Um, That's good. Line, we're playing our song, Demise. Uh which is actually the same song that I have all those ridiculous like uh, vocal recordings in. We're coming up to the uh, really complicated part of the song where essentially everything drops out. And I'm just clicking my hi-hat to keep the time. And it's just like clean guitar playing a pattern. Um, and the pattern is really complicated. It's like... A... So I'm supposed to start doing that on my ride. And then we all kick in with that same pattern. Um... It's just like a big punch in the face. And Devin's guitar died, and he was the one that was playing the clean part. And for some reason, like, I heard it die. I didn't know where it was. And it just, like, that split second just threw me off. And I was like, oh, shit, like, what's going on? And I kind of, like, I thought that his guitar just wasn't coming back in, so we were going to stop for a second. And then, so I kind of just washed my cymbals to make it seem like we were stopping. And, um, and then Devin finally got his guitar to work, and then he jumped back up, and he started i guess his internal clock um was like right on because he started playing the chug part that he was supposed to just for a second but like the other guys knew not to start he played for a second it was like a very clear obvious (laughs) mistake on our part and then i was like you know what like fuck this and i stopped my click and i just counted i was like i hope everybody gets this i counted in and we all came in together just like and it was like immediately boom mosh pit and I'm like, oh, good. Everybody forgave us. And yeah. um, I actually Nobody saw a video knew. of that. Uh, I don't know. But uh, I mean, I, I watched a video and it definitely, to, like, you know how sometimes you see a video and you're like, oh, I didn't even notice that mistake. This was like, oh, yeah, that's that was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, man, um, that that's like one of the worst, worst nightmares. Uh, that's why I'm glad a lot of a lot of people I know just do one click track for the whole set but i've always uh i've always tried to do it so i have each song on an individual click so if something happens Mm -hmm. i can always go to the next track it's not like i i have to search and find where the one start and one ends like it's no like it'll flow seamlessly through it when you have it in a playlist but you have to be able to if something happens and you need to shut it off or you need a longer pause or something like that, 
you got to be able to switch between them, right? So at least it doesn't it yeah, doesn't totally. fuck Playlists up the whole set. Playlists are key for that. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I even uh, during our Valken battles because the the time like was pretty specific. Like you had to have a set that was like exactly this time, and we really didn't want to go over. I actually ended up making uh, a few things of um, just I made like a uh, audio file of five seconds of silence, ten seconds, or thirty seconds. And so I could sneak those in between the songs and I could actually make sure that like I could treat it kind of as if uh, it was just a continuous thing. I wouldn't have to push any buttons. And But if we did mess up, it was really easy to correct it. Yeah, absolutely. We've always had like um, like slight intros and stuff like that. There would just be orchestrations or noise or, you know, something. So there's always an atmosphere going between songs, but still gives us that mm-hmm. like 10 to 20 second break that we need to grab some water or, you know, dry <clears throat> off the sweat, you know. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's always good to have the breaks, but, you know. They having them a part of separate tracks is always a good thing too. Yeah, I found any time that we tried, like usually whenever we try to have a very specific, like if we were to use one continuous click, like uh, like that was set up in a DAW or something like that, you know, something always goes wrong where you have to tighten something or take a couple of extra seconds just to to do something or like you said take a drink of water or talk to the crowd or tune or something um that like you always have to stop somewhere at least from what i've found it's very rare that it just goes nice and smooth and yeah well most it depends um like most of the time i was able to just hit play on the intro and then just play all the way through to the end uh and everything was good but you there's always those odd shows that you have little things that you need to like like i said like we have our our small breaks and we we time them we have uh the first and second track always go right into each other and uh i think we have the fourth and fifth song that would go right into each other but between two and three slight break between three and four slight break but yeah the first two and the last two usually go right into each other so i was like i think like wow playing five songs <laughs> we never get to do that our yeah, songs man, are so like, long <laughs> dude i think the last show um i know it wasn't the last show we played but the the headlining show we played uh with blackguard when i can't even remember when that was probably a, over a year ago now uh coalition we yes. i think we played nine or ten songs and that was like oh, wow. an hour and five minutes i think so yeah dude that was a, a pretty long set for us <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. yeah that was a that was a pretty awesome show to do but not often we get to play that long either so we're either support band or opener or whatever so doing headlining yeah, sets is, is always a fun time yeah, man. So what are some other disasters you've got? Or is it my turn? Um, no, I think it's something, your turn. It is a, um, a near miss of a disaster. I'll also go um, to Armstrong Metal Fest. I don't know why this just popped into my head. <laughs> um, I'm 
set up backstage, uh, which those of you don't know, it's in a arena. So I am set up with my drums against the boards. Um, it's a hockey arena, you know, uh, not a football arena or whatever. I guess that'd be a stadium. Anyways, uh, I'm set up with my drums against the boards and I'm doing my warm ups. Uh, the band before us was West of Hell. Great, great dudes. Uh, awesome band. Good friends of ours. And beforehand, they told us, like, hey, man, when, when we get to the end of our set, make sure you're near the stage. And I was like, all right. And so our our vocalist, Jimmy, and our bass player, Morgan, at the time, were, like, right side stage. I was facing the glass. They go into ACDC, uh, I think, back, back in black. It's like, bent, dun and then when they hit that last chord, they have pyro that just like shoots. Now it was supposed to only go 15 feet in the air. All I see is fire all the way across the glass as I'm like doing my oh. warm ups. I hear an explosion and I see fire. I turn around, they are shooting up into the rafters and then back down. Now. I don't think we're supposed to talk about this, to be honest. There was footage. It got <laughs> taken down off YouTube. Like, it was a big thing. Um, but immediately, I was like, do I need to start moving my drums out of here? It's like the ceiling is smoking. Luckily, they had, like, protection for that. Like, flame retardant protection on the, on the roof. Because yeah. the whole thing made of wood. Uh, so I thought I was going to have oh. to, like, haul out. Like, uh, that's it, man. Festival's done. That's it. Like we're, we're, let's get drunk, because um, we're we gotta move <laughs> oh, on. Uh, but no, like luckily it was like okay. I think we played about like twenty minutes late, um, just because they had to deal with some stuff and make sure that it actually wasn't on fire. But uh, yeah, man, fair. it was that was intense, man. It, it was really really intense uh, and scary. It was a scary moment, but dude, it was. Yeah, man. It was seriously Py- badass. <laughs> like, oh man, Py- pyro terrifies me. I don't want to ever have to use pyro. Um, I'd rather do like red and yellow fabric on top of a fan to look like fire. <laughs> I would love to do fire, but uh, and like pyro is the sickest thing ever. But safely, <laughs> I don't want mm-hmm. to do it. Just some random stuff I got from a guy at work and just light it off. Like no, I I I'd like to do it on a large scale, <laughs> you know. It costs a lot of money, but I think it would be. It, yeah. Pyro's fucking awesome, man. Like, oh yeah. Oh, terrifies me. I'm trying to think. So I guess one of my bigger ones that uh, really sucked, um, and uh, this wasn't exceptionally noticeable, but kind of. So this is actually at Vakken, uh when we played in 2018. Um, so we got we all there. Have- and we all have stuff from Valken that went wrong. <laughs> Every single one of us. So, you know, don't feel too bad, man. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Um, so I got there, and for whatever reason, I was just like, I was kind of overstimulated. There's so much to do at Valken, right? It's crazy. I know Devin and Matt had gone into the uh, tent to see a few of the bands, which I should have done. <laughs> Be- um, and I'll get back to that later 
Um, but anyway, so we go to, uh, we get called. It's like, okay, your time. Let's go to the, uh, like the artist area. And so we get in there, we go to the room, we're getting ready, um, kind of changed. Uh, and then it's time to go to the backstage area. We get like 20 minutes to kind of set up the kit or a half hour to set up the kit and everything. Um, and it was just really, really rushed. And for whatever reason, I didn't end up having time to warm up at all. It was completely cold. Um, the symbols that they had for me, like, it was weird. I used big crashes, 20-inch and 18-inch crashes. They gave me, like, 16. And just, like, the symbols were small. They felt weird. Um, and uh, I got everything all set up. And, uh, but again, like, I wasn't warmed up at all. It was just so rough. And uh, so, anyway, they announced us. And it's, like, we literally, like, finish setting up. And it was, like, come on, guys, you got to go. And then it's, like, finally, it's, like, okay, like, I finished setting up, and they're like, all right, centuries of decay, and the curtain opens, and I looked out, and it was just this sea of people, and I had not seen the inside of that tent yet, and it was just like, I was really, like, shocked that there was so many people, first of all, so I had my hat on, I'm just like, oh, God, I just looked down, so the beak of my hat covered it all, um, anyway, so, uh, we go into our first song, centuries of decay, and do our quiet little intro and stuff like that, and then, uh, it's like, you know, it gets to the heavy parts and then um, it kind of stops and there's like a little bit of a swell before it goes into like a double bass run. And normally I would stand up at that point and kind of like yell at the crowd or something like that. Anyway, I stood up and my headphone thing, um, actually this <laughs> that I'm using right now, popped out of my mixer. Yeah, of course, um, man. And... <laughs> Yeah, and I guess because normally it was really like tight fitting, I guess it got shaken on the plane, um, or something like that. And uh, anyway, I popped it in my mixer. There goes my click tracks. There goes my kick trigger in my ear. And in my head, it was like, oh my god, like we have such a tight deadline. Our set was twenty minutes, and it was like the songs that we were playing were, uh, it was like nineteen minutes and forty five seconds. Like we had no extra time. And for some reason in my head, like normally I would have just been like, ah, okay, whatever. I'm just going to keep playing. In my head, it was like, I need to get that back in and I need to get that click. And so you can even see in our online video, there's like a spot where it gets kind of sloppy because I'm playing with one hand trying to plug it back in. And um, and so I finally managed to get it plugged in and I'm two beats behind for the entire song. And there's our vocal cues in that one. And there's some odd time signatures in that one. And uh, so the entire song, it, it for the most part, it kept me on. Um, but I was still like, you know, I would hear like, all right, this coming in four, three, two, one. I'd have to wait two more beats. Yeah. Uh, so that was a pain. Yeah, that'd be quite uh, difficult also in, to do, man. Like, I don't, that would throw yeah. me so off if I was two beats behind. I'd be like, okay, guys, we're going to have to play a little faster because I have to get up. Like... That's what anytime I get yeah. off, I just and then, I have to get back on. Like, yeah, it was rough, um, but that's not where it ends. Um, so in that song, there's a double China part. So I'm kind of going like, like hitting back and forth between, and that's like a kind of like a a, I would say not a key part of the song, but like that is the beat for the song. It's playing those two Chinas, and I did it, and I. Did it once, and my left china fell off the drum riser because it was just like on a stand. And then I'm on like a 
three foot riser up in the air and uh so that kind of fell off and nobody put it back it was just gone <laughs> gone <laughs> for the rest of the set. set wow <laughs> yeah wow um, I I had I had like a, a a cymbal fall over or something like that in the first song, uh, and I had a guy out there right away, like boom, boom, up, retightened it, all good to go. All right, perfect. You know, like it was, it was crazy. They're all yeah. they're on top of it. Yeah, they were not on top nuts. of it for us. <laughs> it was gone, and so I had to <laughs> use my stack. And it was just like, oh, man, like I was so stressed at that point. And I just like, you know, my legs are tight because I wasn't warmed up. I had that issue at the beginning. My china falls over. I'm uncomfortable in general because the kit's not completely set up the way I wanted it to be. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was a it was an unpleasant experience playing. <laughs> Although the rest of Valken was awesome. Yeah, yeah, you guys had a, a good year. eh? Uh, when, when we were there is absolutely beautiful. Um it rained the first night we were there, uh, but then I believe we had another full day, and then we played. I think we showed up on the... I want to say we showed up Monday night, um, but I, I can't remember. Honestly, it was, what, 2013? I was, that was a, a long time ago. Oh, but it rained yeah. one other time for like half an hour, and that was it. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, beautiful. we had almost no rain. It was great. Yeah, man. They uh they they treated us nice, but it was weird, man. You go there and you're like, okay, here's your luxurious backstage. You're playing Vulcan. Here you go. And it's like there's three beers and one monster. And it's <laughs> like, what what is it? Like, thank you. Like we don't expect anything, but like like <laughs> like there's five of us and there's only four beverages uh, in total um you know the band we broke had, up. yeah and that was it we didn't play we didn't play our set because uh <laughs> <laughs> because they did not have our our full rider of five beers <laughs> but no we uh yeah we had like 20 minutes uh not even so like i got out my pedals i got all I, like started warming up then they're like oh yeah you got to go to the stage and i was like Okay, like I'm not even like a quarter of the way through done my my warm up routine, and then we get to the stage and they're like, "Oh, the drum kit that you specified, the other stage is using it. So as soon as they're done, then we'll get it over." So then literally they had to get the drum kit over from when when those guys were done, uh, and then set it up. Like, and we we literally had 20 minutes to set up the whole drum kit get my triggers working which they did not uh like total like <laughs> crazy electrical issues um with i don't even know why or how that happened because we had the right voltage converters and everything like that they provided it um anyways yeah so that wasn't working i fried my um uh my mixer as well I thought I fried my DM12, um, my trigger module, but that seems to be fine. But I definitely 100% fried my mixer. Uh, it's garbage. And then I think that I sucks. just, I literally just ran my click tracks from my iPod into my ears. And that was it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, it was, it was not fun. Uh, we got off stage. And... Well, I mean, it worked out. 
it worked out well for you guys. <laughs> yeah, it definitely did. Also, like uh, our guitar player Greg had issues where he has a whammy pedal that goes like two octaves up when you hit it down, like Herman Lee style. And uh, I guess on the flight over, the nut had loosened, so it just went down. So he was playing his rhythms for a whole song two octaves higher. So, like, dude, if you watch the video, it's online. It's it's difficult to get through the first song. the The second and third song get better, but that first song we came out with was not good. It was a really bad representation of the band as a whole. <laughs> I I'm not used to playing without triggers, uh, and I like it was just a sloppy mess. But, you know, we had fun, and then we got drunk, and we drank some mead, and it was wonderful. <laughs> nice. Um, I had uh, one. This isn't quite as this isn't quite as catastrophic, but uh, it is one that I remember as being kind of funny. I think it was at the first time we competed in a Vakum battle. Uh, it was in 2016, and we didn't make it past the first round. Uh, we were a pretty new band at the time, and... Uh, I uh, dropped a stick or I broke a stick. I probably broke a stick because I don't drop them very often. Um, And so I ditched it and I went into my stick bag and grabbed another stick and pulled it out. And for whatever reason, I had still had them in the sleeve, like the cardboard (laughs) sleeve. So both like, so two sticks came out. (laughs) And I think it was just because like I had put them in there a while ago and I couldn't actually see the sleeve because it was in the bag. So I never fixed that. I don't do that anymore. But like, um, yeah, I pulled it out, and there's two sticks, and I'm, like, trying to shake it off, and it just wouldn't come out. <laughs> so I'm sitting there playing with playing with one hand, just, like, swinging the other one around, and it just wouldn't stop, so I had to ditch it and grab, an, like, another stick. And I probably looked so stupid. <laughs> I, uh, I was like, I wish I could do it again. In a way, uh, there's part of me that was like, no, I never, ever, ever want to go through all of that again. <laughs> yeah. But, um... I would love to play Valken for real, not just as a competition. That's the big thing. Yeah. Not playing as a competition, but, like, I feel that us as a band and, like, just even myself, like, my own playing has come so far since then that we would do significantly, like, we'd be able to represent ourselves so much better now. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. After seeing you guys last mm-hmm. time uh, when we played together in Waterloo, uh, you guys are tighter than I've ever seen you. Um Devin's on stage, um, just being comfortable with the crowd, everything like that. Like, uh, yeah, you guys are, are well on your path to being a full touring band. Maybe someday we'll have three beers waiting for us at a show. Ooh, that would, that's the dream, (laughs) man. That's it. When they give you enough for three fifths of your band to have a beverage, you know, you have to split these tall cans. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh my god! All right, my friend. Well, I think um, that's a that's a good place to to end this first fourth little chat. You know. Damn it! You know what? I before we do, I have one more that I want to say, and this is a fairly quick one. I want to just right. throw this out because I thought it was it was also memorable, but. Um, and when I before I came to Toronto, when I lived in PEI, my band at the time, Uig, uh, played uh, at a bar, and like we played, it was only the same bars 
like there's like two or three bars that we play in Charlottetown. That was about it. Um, and uh, we were playing, and of course there was a snowstorm because that's what happens in PEI. Yeah, always. Uh, and I think it was like a Wednesday night. It was like nobody was going to be there, and it was just like the driving was terrible. Um, and we get there, and we're unloading, and I'm setting up the drums, and we're about to go on stage, and I set up the drums, and then it's like, oh my god, where's my hi-hat? It's not here. And there's like nobody else there to let me use a hi-hat stand, so I ended up having to play the entire set without any hi-hats. <laughs> just no hats. Not there. Yeah, I think I had a stack, though, that kind of worked out, but like it was really, really weird, because the main thing I remember is, I think it was fun, because it was like... I wasn't too upset because it was a snowstorm and like there wasn't going to be anyone there anyway. So it was kind of just like a fun, you know, play for the couple of friends that did show up and have a good time. Um, and we didn't really take it as quite as seriously back. Like, it's not like what centuries is. That would be catastrophic for centuries. But like that band, it was kind of like, ah, whatever. Uh, I remember my left side feeling just super exposed uh, yeah. because there was no hat there. It was so weird. It was just like wide open. Yeah, it would be so strange, man so strange trying to deal with that oh my god yeah man that's why i always bring two sets of hat man always have all your auxiliary hats may not have a clutch on it but you know you can get by i yeah i'm definitely uh i'm using a stack right now that i made as an ox hat and i've i'm shocked how often i'm going to it lately it's super comfortable um so i think at some point i might actually exchange it for a set of hats um Cause yeah, it sounds it sounds great. I love it. Yeah, well, a lot of stuff I do is like open handed, uh, with with double kick, right? So I hate mm-hmm. crossing my my arms. I I hate it. Like if I'm playing like a nice mm-hmm. rock beat or something like that, fine. But whenever I'm playing fast, I want to be open handed. You know, that way I could I have all the freedom to hit my snare as hard <laughs> as I want. You know, everything's good, man. Auxiliary, yeah. Hats. Traditional blasts. Traditional blasts have been difficult on um especially some of the new stuff we're writing there's a lot more blasts and i'm having a hard time uh actually doing it on my regular hats because i keep my hats a little low too because i I do a lot of kind of rhythmic tappity stuff on it as well so if they're too high i can't do that uh although Mm. it would be better for blasting on but so i got i got to figure something out for that but that's a story for another episode absolutely yeah all right. Well, uh, we hope that you have enjoyed this first episode. Uh, we have been talking drums. Yeah. Make sure to check us out on Facebook. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Derek. That's with an H. Uh, you'll figure it out. Corey is outlaw underscore drummer. Is that it? Any numbers? That's right. That's it. No numbers. I am the original. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. All right, cool. All right, you take care. All right, see you next time.